Today on High Point with Ron Zappia. God's will for you is that you would get a fresh start. It says, for the will of God is this, what? God desires, that strong word there, he desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. with Ron Zappia, pastor of High Point Church. We're in a series focused on being anchored in Christ. And together, we want to help you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. That's why we exist here on this program each and every day. And so, Ron, there seem to be an awful lot of things happening in our world right now. Let's be honest, you don't have to look too far to just feel like, man, when's it going to end? To fall into a time of despair and just wondering what's happening in our world. Steve, you're absolutely right. And whether it's currently or in the past, I'm telling you, as you pick up the paper, as you flip on the tube, as you look on your phone, on the internet, there are so many events that are happening around the world, difficult things happening last year, the year before, this year, and the next years, they're going to keep happening. What's what the scriptures teach us is things are going to get better before they get worse. How do we as Christians respond? That's what I want to talk to you about today. How we can have hope even when the world is filled with trials and tragedy. Ron, I know when you originally preached this message back in 2015, different things going on as you were preaching this series, Anchor, trying to keep us anchored in the Lord. And I know we still need that message today. So prepare your heart and listen in. Here's Pastor Ron with a message called Finding Hope in This World. I don't know if you've heard the news on Tuesday of what happened, but another shooting, this time near Columbine High School, two miles away at a middle school of all places. Thankfully, not as many people were injured or hurt as one person, one teacher stood up and tried to control the situation and tackled the man. Yesterday, another earthquake, this time Chile and 8.8 on the Richter scale. I read some things this morning. They're saying somewhere between 200 to 300 people are um, killed as a result of this tragedy. I was reading this week about a pastor, a former pastor in Texas, and he's not a pastor anymore because they've convicted him and they've put him in jail and They're in the process of doing that. You say, for what? Well, he was convicted of murdering, killing his wife. First, he gave her some sleeping pills, and then he took a pillow and and smothered her. And said all that to say this, well, what's this world coming to? I mean, everywhere we look, everywhere we turn, it's bad news here, bad news over there. How are we to find hope in this world in which we live in? Good question, got the answer. Open your Bibles, 1 Peter chapter four. How do I find hope in this lost world? First things first, you gotta live for the Lord. Anybody with me? If we wanna find hope, it starts here. This is where we need to begin. If you're trying to pursue hope and it's, it's fading or it's eluding you, I'm telling you, this is step number one. We gotta live for him. Look with me, 1 Peter chapter four. Verse 1, are you there? He says this, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh. So what he's saying there is Jesus, remember when he was here in the body, in physical form, he suffered quite a bit. So here's the good news, I think, for us. 
arm yourselves. He's like, prepare yourselves, guys, with the same way of thinking. He's like this. If Jesus suffered, look up here for a moment. If Jesus suffered, then his followers, what's going to happen to us? We're going to suffer. We're in this world. Things are going to happen. We will suffer. It's going to happen. But then look what he says next. And he says, forever has suffered in the flesh, and that's you and me. We're here in the body. We're suffering, just like Jesus did. Has done what? You tell me. What's the phrase? Ceased from sin. What's he talking about? Well, he's not saying that Jesus sinned. He's not saying that we can get free from our sin nature while we're in this body, in this life. You say, how do you know that? Well, 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 says that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So what is he saying? He's saying like this, if you're going to go through some suffering a little bit, you, you can cease from sin. He's saying this, just like, think of it this way, just like Jesus put all sin behind him at the cross when he suffered. As we suffer for him, for his righteousness, for his good, we can put some of our sin behind us. Amen? That's what he's saying. There's some things that we're going to not desire to do any longer. That's why he says in verse 2, so as to live for the rest of the time. So it's like this. Live for your time here on earth. As you live in the flesh, in this physical body, no longer for human passions, literally the sinful nature, the former desires, the former lusts, the former ways in which we lived before we came to him. He says, don't live for human desires, but live for the will of God. He's like this, get a new SOP, man. It's just like you're, you're one of his now. Live for him. Live for Jesus. That's your mode of operandi, so to speak. That's what he desires his kids to do. Read a quote this week from someone who I highly respect. He said it like this. He said, how can we enjoy that which made Jesus suffer and die on the cross? If a vicious criminal stabbed your child to death, would you preserve the knife in a glass case on your mantle? Answer, of course not. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But, but that's what we're doing if we're not getting free, if we're not doing what? If we're not leaving that former lifestyle, if we're not putting away those sinful desires and that path. I, I got a new desire for you. Look again at what it says at the end of verse 2. He says, don't live for human passions, but live for the will of God. Question. Well, what's God's will for your life? And what happens is, is too often we get lost in the details, so to speak. You say, well, what's the big picture? Let's not get lost in the forest. Well, what is the big picture? Let's not focus on the trees. We've got to get out. What's the big picture? Well, write down this. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. God's will for you is that you would be saved. God's will for you is that you would start over. God's will for you is that you would get a fresh start. That's what it means. It says, for the will of God is this. What? God desires, that strong word there, he desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's where it starts. You say, I'm having trouble trying to piece this whole thing together with God. Uh, have, you, have you trusted him with your life? 
Have you turned to him in repentance and faith? Because you can worry about a lot of things, think about a lot of things. I'm just telling you that. That's the first decision that's on the plate. Second thing, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. All for studying the Bible? See, what happens is, is when we try, started the Bible and we learn these verses and we know, then we know, well, this is what God wants. He not only wants you to be saved, it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, it says God's will for you, plain as day, is that you would be sanctified. See, he doesn't see, he's not talking about what college you should go to. He's not talking about who you're going to marry. He's not talking about whether or not you're going to win the lotto. Can't find those answers, but I'm telling you this, and he cares about the details of our lives. Don't get lost in my analogy. But his greater purpose and desire is this, that you would be sanctified, that you would be set apart, that the decisions that you make, they'd be honorable to him, that what? That sanctified means that you would become more like Jesus. And as we live this life, we would make decisions that would be honoring to him. And if we had that as our backdrop, so to speak, and as the filter in our lives, I think some of these other decisions would be more clear. God's will is that we'd be what? That we'd be saved. First Timothy. God's will is that we'd be sanctified. First Thessalonians chapter 4. God's will is that we would be what? Well, that we would submit. Oh, don't want to do that. Yeah, that's God's will. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 13 through 50. Verse 15, for this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. He's starting this section off that the way to do that is to subject yourself, to submit yourself to authority. He's saying, you know what? He's saying it like this. You've got to surrender yourself. You've got to surrender yourself to the people that are above you. That's God's will for you. We don't counter God's word. We don't do that at all, for it is... Our desire is to please God, the scripture says, and not men. Last thing is this, though. What's God's will for me? Look with me. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19. Makes it plain as day. Wish it wasn't here, but it's true. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will. So what's the S word? You tell me. Whether we suffer. God's will for you is that you're going to suffer. For what? For doing good. For living for him. Sorry. Sorry if you thought this was going to be a cakewalk. Shouldn't be listening to that TV preacher late at night that tells you everything's going to get better. It's not. If you're living for Jesus, it's difficult. Anybody agree? And there's some suffering involved. Practical advice on High Point with Ron Zappia. There's more teaching coming up in just a moment. But for now, you can request a copy of this message when you give us a call at 844-HP radio. Just mention the title, Finding Hope in This World. Hey, this is Ron Zappia, pastor and teacher on High Point. Every day we're calling men and women to elevate their faith through a fresh encounter with God. We take time to focus our thoughts, arrange our priorities, and encounter God in the midst of our day. Together, we explore God's word. We gain practical insights to guide our daily living. When we do this, we experience a new high point in our faith. Listen, We want you to draw closer to God through his word, get to know him better, and elevate your faith. We get real with what God says about topics like family and marriage, friendships, and living for Christ. On High Point, we're here to encourage you with God's word and provide you an encounter with Jesus. It's a lifelong journey, and I'd love to have you join me. So listen right here every Monday through Friday for High Point. 
For more Bible teaching resources from Pastor Ron Zappia, head online to www.highpointministries.com. That's highpointministries.com. You're listening to High Point with Ron Zappia in a series called Anchored as we study the book of 1 Peter. You'll find the complete study on our website when you go to highpointministries.com. Ron's in the book of 1 Peter. Verse 19, therefore let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing, while doing good. So how's it going? Living for the Lord. How'd you do this week? How'd you do yesterday? Four S's. How, how, how you doing there? Because if you want to find hope in this world, you got, you got to wrap those things up and you got to be dealing with those things and they need to be at the forefront of our attention. Second thing, we want to find hope in this world. Listen to this, we got to break free from the past. That's what he's talking about. So many of us are chained and we're tied to the past in the form of relationships with people that are hindering us and bringing us into a place of what? Where we can't have victory and we're continuing to be dragged down and we say, oh no, I want to help those people and I want to, you know, I want to be like Jesus and save everybody and, and I hang out with those people because I'm sharing they are, are they bringing you down? That, that's a problem. That's why he says next, look at with me at verse three. He's like this, the, the time that has passed suffices. He's, he's like this, okay? New page, new book, follower of Christ. Fired up follower of Christ because some of us, we've been living for Jesus, but we haven't been excited and passionate about it. And for you, it's a fresh start too. And he's like, those days are gone. The past is good enough. He's like, don't do that stuff anymore. Doing what the Gentiles want to do. Who are the Gentiles? In the scripture, as you read that over and over again, it's a term that's used for people who don't know God. It's people that don't know him. And he's saying this, he's saying, you know what? Don't live like they live. Time to move on. Move on from what? Gets really specific in verse three. Living in sensuality. You say, what's that? That's all illicit sexual immorality. Yep, whatever you were thinking of, it's on the list. It includes everything. From adultery to incest to everything in between to all the things that your mind could gravitate to to what's in the newspapers in this world. He's like, you gotta stop doing that. It's, it's not good. It's, it's not good for you. And you gotta break free from people who wanna do that and look at those things. Can't have one foot in it. Gotta get free totally. Can't sit on the fence. You gotta, gotta move on. What else does he say? And passions. Same word, Greek word, that is, that's used in verse 2. He's talking about our former lusts and our former desires. Next word, drunkenness. No, the scripture doesn't say that you can't have a glass of wine. doesn't say that. I've had a lot of people come to me and say, well, yeah, that's what it is. And, and then they'll say, well, you know what? The wine, it was, you know, it, was, it was all this. It was different kind of wine. Listen. The scripture doesn't say you can't drink. It says you can't get drunk. You say, where's the line? I'll tell you where the line is. It's not where you think it is. It's probably one or two drinks the over the other way. I'm telling you it is. It, drunkenness. He, he's like, you got to stop doing this. He, he's like, you're hurting yourself. And then here's the next word. Here we go, orgies. You say, man, what were they doing? 
I say, yeah, man, what were they doing? Same thing that's going on today. That's what's going on. And in their situation, in these ancient days, in these parties that were going on and that were all around these New Testament believers, it wasn't just about sex. They'd go to these parties, I'm telling you, and they would gorge themselves to the point where they would eat so much that they would, they would literally vomit so that they could eat more. Eating, drinking, having sex. That's what they were doing. Hmm, sounds like today. Get away from it. You, you got to stop. Look what he says next in drinking parties. I think God's word is telling me just get away from my college days. Some of you needed to hear that. Like, stop it. Like, 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 like don't do it. And, and then look what he says next. He's like, and lawless idolatry. So he ends with this word idolatry. Go ahead and circle it in the text. What he's saying is get free from your past. And what he's saying now is, man, I want you to live for me. And what he's saying now is idolatry is anything. Say anything. Anything Anything that puts Jesus second in your life. Anything that puts him third. Anything that gets ahead of him being number one is idolatry. Hey, Ron, could it be a good thing? Yep. Family. Friends, desire to have a kid, maybe even your own spouse trying to get that spouse to meet needs that only God can. It's idolatry. Like he sums up everything with this, like we do it. See, this is what we say often around here. A good thing can come, become a bad thing when it crowds out the best thing. Good thing can become bad when it crowds out the best. Man, if that thing takes God out of the picture then it's not good. Live for the Lord. Break free. Please, break free from your path. Look what he says next. He says, with respect to this, he says, they are surprised. Who's surprised? They, which is who? The Gentiles. Those people don't know God. Those people that were not as fired up about Jesus that you were hanging out with, that now you're fired up about Jesus, and they're like surprised. They're like, well, what happened to you? How come you don't want to do that stuff anymore? And you're all nervous, standing there, well, you know, hey, you know. we got to break free. And it involves breaking free from people. He says, don't join them. It literally means this. He's like, don't walk in the same way as them. It literally means, in some versions, it says, don't run with them anymore. you got, you got to make some decisions. As a follower of Christ, some people, you got to just say, no, we can't, can't do it anymore. Why? Uh, because, because we you get involved in the same behavior as them, in the same flood. Think of a picture of a tsunami coming. Same flood of what? Debauchery. Whoa. Well, what is that? That's all the stuff he listed in verse 3. He's like, all that stuff. And then, then this is what the people do. They will what? What does the text say? What does your version say? Some versions say speak evil. Mine says malign. That's a word, it comes from, the Greek word is literally blasphemeo. We get our English word blaspheme from it. It's almost always used of God in the scriptures. It's, it's used that we blaspheme God. Now he uses it of people, and he's saying when you're standing up and you've got a new life now and you're living for Jesus in your family and at work and at school, he's like, and, and you say, no, I can't do that anymore. I'm, I can't go to that office Christmas party or at least I'm not going to stay past 10. 
He's saying what happens is, is that people judge you. They malign you. They speak evil of you. They are against you. They try to throw you under the bus. They look at each other. Hey, what's up with him? Oh, Mr. Holy, Mr. Righteous. Yeah, Holy, Rival, Holy Roller, Bible Beater. Yeah. Anybody ever been through any of that? And, and we, we try to make a break. And, and God's word's saying, you know what, guys? Don't be foolish. It, it's going to happen. These people are going to malign you. And don't respond back in a way that's not pleasing to God. Please think it through. Well, why do you say that? Because you're not the judge, at least of them. I hope your behavior will cause them to think. I bet you it is causing one or two. But, but we don't have to worry. Why? You're not going to have to judge. Look at verse 5, man. It's like this. But they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living of the dead. Who's the him there? Jesus. So, so, so just listen. Just think about this. Next time they're making fun of you, just saying, you'll get yours, man. And I'm hoping it's not soon. But, but that's what the truth is. And they can't see. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, says that they have a blinder on them. They've been blinded by the enemy of this world. They don't know what else to do to make fun of you. Jesus is going to judge them. Verse 6, wade in some deep waters. Be careful. For this is why the gospel was preached, even to those who are dead. Peter, I hate this. Well, who are the dead? He can get so confusing at times. Well, the dead, let's not fall here. You'll see it in a minute. Why? But the dead are Christians who what? Who have died recently. That's what I believe. You say, why do you believe that? Well, look at the context because it seems to make sense. That though judged in the flesh, see, that's what they were. The people were pointing their fingers at them. They were maligning them. They were speaking evil of them the way people are. They might live in the spirit the way God does. So it's like this. They're in another place right now and they're living with the spirit and they're living in God and it's all better. Question. What do you not do now that you are fired up about Jesus? What, what, do you, what, what, what areas of your life, what do you not engage in? What don't you do because you're a serious, committed follower of Christ? Like, what have you stopped doing? Second question, what have you started doing now that you're, like, fired up about Christ? Like, what are the things that you do differently now that you love Jesus? Are they obvious things? Can you name a couple things? What have you, the scripture says it like this so often, what have you put off and now what are you trying by God's help because it's really hard, right? What are you trying to put on? And some of us, we can't break free from our past because all we're doing is we're trying to not stop, we're trying to stop doing things and we haven't replaced it with any behaviors or any good or any things that are gonna help us to move forward. So what, what, what is it? You're listening to High Point with Pastor Ron Zappia, pastor of High Point Church in the western suburbs of Chicago. You're listening to a message from a series called Anchored, and you can hear all of Pastor Ron's messages online, whether you want to listen or watch, completely for free at highpointministries.com. Well, Ron, when things are going well and when things are overwhelming, it's pretty important that we turn to Scripture, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely important. I can remember a day in my own life when I didn't turn to Scripture. I didn't lean on it. I didn't have it as the foundation that I was doing what? I was listening. I was acting. I was reading. I was responding. Man, I can remember that like yesterday. And 
in those days, I found it was hopeless. I mean, I was discouraged. And so, yes, things are not always going to go exactly as we plan, but are you grounded in what the scripture is teaching? No matter what life is like, our hope, our joy, our peace, it can be found in the scriptures in Christ as we build our lives on the rock. And we want to do this. We want to help you do more of that. So maybe you're like me. You go through seasons of intentionality where you're reading God's word and then times when you're not. We want to help you with that. So we've created a high point journal that will help you do this. It will help you get into God's word regularly so that you can learn and apply and grow in what you're learning. When you support the ministry this month, it comes complete with reading plans, a Bible study method, and room to journal your thoughts. You'll want to use this through each of the ups and downs, trials and difficulties this life brings. The High Point Journal is yours when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. Call right now, 844-HP-RADIO or online go to highpointministries.com. If you prefer to write, address your check to High Point Ministries, P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. That's P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. The High Point Journal is the perfect resource if you want to make your time with God more consistent, or if you're just longing for a deeper daily connection in God's Word. Give your financial gift to help us stay on the air and receive your copy of the High Point Journal. Call 844-477-2346 or online go to highpointministries.com. It's the generous financial gifts from listeners like you that keep High Point on the air. Thank you for your support as we help people from every walk of life believe and belong to and become more like Jesus. I'm Steve Smith. Join us next time as we learn about our God-given hope, even in the difficult times. That's right here on High Point with Ron Zappian.